This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hi, I'm Hardik Vaidya. You're listening to Jamsters. This podcast is about stories from the world of entertainment, media, content and events. Every episode I'll be joined by some of the best in business, whether they're artists, content creators, filmmakers, writers, founders, CEOs, thought leaders, it could be anyone. If they have stories, I'll bring them to you. My guest on this episode has donned multiple hats across his interesting journey in the media space. And in his current avatar, Dhruvank Vaidya is the head of podcast at Spotify India. You know, while reading up about him, there's a word that I've come to associate with him. That word is meandering. You might ask what that word essentially means. To me, that word means moving in a particular direction, but not with a definite aim or an objective. Or maybe for someone on the outside, you might say directionless. Well, I associate with that feeling quite a bit. Welcome on Jamsters podcast, Dhruvank, and thanks for doing this. Hi, Hardik. Thanks a lot and pleasure to be here. You know, Dhruvank, while uh, reading up about you, I observed that you've collected varying and interesting kinds of experiences and skill sets in the media industry, and which is why I chose the word meandering in the first place. I want to unpack that a little bit. When you look from the outside, I don't have a career where I have worked for, let's say, 20 years in a particular company and reached a certain stage there. Or I have not even spent a large parts of my career in one particular industry. And uh, that is why it might look that I have, and I've made several changes in my career. I mean, if I just give you kind of, if we just step back and I started as an, I studied as an engineer and joined Accenture right from campus. Hmm. And while I did my electronics engineering, I joined a management consulting firm. Interesting. Uh, so I studied for three years, did my MBA at IIM Calcutta. Then after a, after a point, I decided to move to the US. At this time, I had rejoined Accenture in India and was at a pretty steady kind of a growth trajectory. But I thought that, look, I mean, if I look at my career 20, 30 years down the road, it is important for me to collect experiences from across different markets. So I gave up what I was doing here and uh, moved to the US and joined Deloitte there. I had got an offer from campus. Um, in India, I was doing uh, manufacturing and supply chain consulting. In the US, I joined the telecom and media practice. So that was like a dramatic shift. Hmm. Uh, I did that because I was like, look, there is a lot of new things happening in the telecom, media and entertainment space. And I wanted to learn that. So which is why I thought that, look, I mean, while I'll take a step back in my career trajectory, but I think I will add a very interesting piece of experience to my portfolio. Mm -hmm. So that's how I moved there. Um, four years later, I moved back to India and I joined Star TV. After leaving consulting and uh, moving into industry was again, a very radical move. But I was like, hey, look, I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing management consulting. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of join an organization and build something. 
So which is why I started, I, so I, I kind of came back to India, searched for a job and kind of found it after six months. Okay, I have but, to interject here. I have to interject. Yeah. This is a very interesting point. With someone who's had a background like yours, uh, you want definite steps. You want clarity in terms of what you do because MBA sort of provides structures, frameworks, uh, a definite direction to work around. And here you are talking about taking such a big leap from India going to the US and from the US coming back to India with, from what I'm understanding, is no definite plan. And then you had a six-month break. Uh, was that a decision that was impulsive or were you already contemplating that you were done with the stint there and you wanted to explore something here back in India? I'm trying to understand what the drivers there. Well, the driver was more of a personal thing. I was going around with my girlfriend at that point in time. <laughs> and uh, we, I mean, we were thinking whether she would move to the U.S., or uh, not and eventually uh, we decided that uh, we would prefer to kind of live in india so which is why i came back and I, and eventually got married to her and i continue to be married to her so Lovely. so yeah i think i moved back to india uh, for that interesting so was it a difficult decision uh, coming again because You've had something stable. Consulting gives you the kind of lifestyle uh, that most people would aspire to have, uh, the fancy lifestyle, the travel and all that stuff. And leaving all that with no security of a paycheck back in India, how was that a difficult, uh, maybe a decision to take? See, uh, it was not a difficult decision because once you've decided that you want to move back and start a family, then that takes topmost priority. And then everything else, then you it gets secondary priority and then you adjust around that. I think if you keep one objective and then optimize around that, then decision making becomes much, much simpler. So talking so, about yeah. optimizing, when you had the idea of family and then once you set up your base here with Star TV and then you went to Turner and then things unfolded one after the other, uh, Again, I'm curious to understand the jumps that you took. Uh, one was with maybe the general entertainment side, the television side, uh, the international film business, um, with digital in fame. These these areas are so distinctly different. Uh, how were you able to connect the dots uh, while jumping these trajectories? So the core thing is that, look, I the one consistent theme is that I've been in the Indian media industry. Right? And understanding what kind of content works, what kind of entertainment works for the Indian consumer. And I've done several roles even within Star or NDTV. Imagine more strategy than in Star, I was in ad sales strategy. So that gave me an insight into different parts of how businesses work or how a television business works. And uh, I always wanted to kind of or do a functional role and then eventually run a business. And that's what I kept kind of telling my seniors as well, that look, this is what I, I aspire to do. Uh, so while the role that I'm doing right now is I'm learning a lot and I'll continue to do that. But if something opens up, then please keep me in mind. Uh, so uh, after Star, uh, Samir Nair uh, moved to start NDTV Imagine. And I moved with him and joined uh, the team there. 
Uh, there also I helped set up several businesses. One of them was NDTV Lumiere, the world cinema business. Hmm. Um, and kind of after setting it up, eventually I started running it as well. And so it came full circle for me where I had created the business plan. I had done the joint venture. And uh, now I'm actually running and implementing the business plan that I put. So I, I had to kind of put my money where my mouth was, so to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From what you're telling me, right, I, I, I sort of have a sense that a lot of serendipity has worked for you as well. Uh, probably the the maybe lack of not knowing everything that you are doing, but still jumping because it felt interesting. It sort of had an adrenaline rush uh, or maybe the challenge to learn something new. Was that also something that at the back of your mind was running while making these jumps? So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about how I make my career decisions, right? Um, if I'm in a role and if I'm enjoying myself and if I'm learning, then I'm not looking to move from there. I'm just kind of doing what I'm doing. And then it could go on for a few years or, or more. Once you stop learning or once kind of uh, things slow down or some other adverse incidences happen in the environment, then you start looking around, right? And then you see what else is happening around you. And then you see, okay, what is interesting? Uh, sometimes something interesting does come by. Sometimes it does not. Uh, but yeah, and you start looking around then. And uh, then if you find something interesting, then you go for it. And of so, course, it has to work from the other side as well. Of course, of course. <laughs> so when you say that, you know, it's, it's interesting that you've made uh, the kind of transitions that has given exposure to so many interesting roles and uh, avenues. The current role as head of podcast at Spotify, what does it really mean? Like, what do you do in this role? So podcasting is about four to five years old in India, Hmm. but it's still a relatively new medium for Indians. My role at Spotify is twofold. One is to kind of in to, or is on the content side to get more and more content onto Spotify to create new shows to, uh, to get exclusive content for Spotify. Um, and on the other side is also to grow listenership for the business. Because I mean, you, you, ha- you want to make shows that uh, appeal to your audience. And you also want to grow the audience for podcasting. So that so that's like a twofold objective of my current role. And what does your day-to-day work maybe look like? So day-to-day work. Uh, so I so my there are three. I my team primarily manages three areas. One is uh, creating original shows where you are listening to concepts or which our partners would have pitched to us, or you're looking at uh, stories or ideas and that you're discussing with the team. Second is you're saying that, look, what are some of the interesting creators that are out there in the market who may, who maybe are looking, are creating uh, YouTube content right now and who we can convince to come, come on board and create podcasts with us. And how can we get some of these guys exclusive onto Spotify? So that's the second thing. Third is we have a large e- creator ecosystem enabler called anchor.com. Right. Anchor is a self-serve uh, 
creator tool where anyone can come and create a podcast. Uh, it's more like YouTube where you just come, create your content, upload it and distribute it across multiple podcasting platforms. So that's the third thing that I keep thinking about is that how do I get more and more creators onto Anchor? So once the podcast creation habit kicks in, uh, there will be many, many more creators across multiple languages. Today, also on Anchor, there are creators from across 15 languages. So that's extremely encouraging. And then finally, I'm constantly looking out around me in the marketplace, talking to a whole bunch of people, trying to see how we can grow podcasting in India. So that's broadly what I do. You know, one of the things that I've observed, and, I, and I'm not sure if you have experienced this, one of my major challenges has been just explaining people what podcast is and to make them listen, while obviously it has changed maybe in a year or so, but uh, uh, it's still something of a challenge when you say to maybe uh, elders around who are not very, who've grown up with radio maybe, right? Who've grown up with television. Right. Uh explaining them what podcast is and then getting them to listen on a regular basis. So, so, so I see like there are two kinds of listeners. One are the casual listeners and one are the dedicated listeners. The, the jump from casual to dedicated listeners, I've found it to be very tough. Dhruvank, I don't know what's been your experience like. So the way I explain podcasts is that several years back or a couple of decades back, um, radio used to do shows where they used to do serialized fiction or tell stories. Now we have the same thing here on an app. And now you also have the ability to Hello. pick and choose what stories you want to listen to or what uh, talks or conversations Hello. you want to listen to. So it's as simple as that. It's, it's a habit that Indians have from so many years. It's ingrained in our culture. Uh, this is just a new way of presenting that uh, information and that content. So that is one on podcast. Um, in terms of listeners, uh, yes, I think uh, that challenge of converting uh, casual listeners to, to more uh, engaged listeners is, is like key is a key challenge when you're looking at an emerging platform and emerging media vehicle. And that is something that we actually faced uh, when we were doing NDTV Lumiere, World Cinema. Um, we, we knew that, look, there are so many film clubs in the country. There are so many interested people who watch World Cinema. That time there was this thing about torrents. So people used to download cinema and watch it. So we knew there was a viewership. We just had to find it and kind of give them a constant supply of great films. And we thought that, yes, people would come and watch more of it. What we found that worked for us is that, look, it was you had to present to them the films in the situations where they were in. So hmm. we had a TV channel. We had a range of DVDs. We showed our films in movie theaters, but also we showed our films in restaurants and clubs. We show, gave our films to film clubs to show to their members. So we spread it out as wide as we could. And I think that is the big thing that people need to get introduced to a podcast first. And when you are introducing a new podcast to people or a new medium to people, you want to give it to them in bite-sized chunks. Hmm. So which is why we are creating shorter format episodes 
where people could come and listen to it uh maybe one minute to minute like we have a show called aaj ka horoscope it's a daily show which tells you your daily horoscope it's as simple as that but these are some of the things that you do to bring the casual listener in see i have one theory on a new medium is that mm-hmm. when you are launching a new medium and trying to build a habit for it you have to give your listeners content that is massy and that is much much easier to consume for them because if you kind of merge a new medium with extremely niche content then the chances of that medium picking up become very very low hmm so which is why the content that you see on our platform is served in indian languages it is massy stories like crime is a uh, crime and thriller and horror are one of our biggest genres right and i think globally these kind of genres have worked extremely well like the serials of the world uh which probably set the context of what uh podcasting was all about by this american life uh when you translate that to india uh the the podcast that i remember with spotify launched in india was the death lies in cyanide very gripping really engaging storytelling uh that format has somehow picked up really well in india do you think there are some segments that work particularly very well across domains globally if you see the podcasting business influencer talk or interview formats are the dominant format but in india when we started looking at our data we saw something different we saw that storytelling is a much much bigger uh, proportion of our listening than it was globally and the storytelling could be both fiction as well as non fiction but is the narrative people come to podcast to listen to a story and uh, that has worked for us really well and uh, that's why i mean a lot of our focus right now is to kind of build uh, content around the storytelling formats so can storytelling happen in an interview format too according to you when we unpack individuals lives or maybe any kind of show that i'm talking about maybe non fiction particularly uh, do you think storytelling can come in there as well storytelling makes an interview interesting right so <laughs> i think that's the biggest uh, difference um when i when i talk of storytelling in a fiction or a non fiction format see is the narrative that you build that grips the listener in an interview format also that is possible uh but the stories need to be interesting or the listener should take something meaningful out of it i think that is most important either you are coming to get entertained or you are coming to get informed hmm. so our job is to do at least one of these for our listeners true true and you know given how massive the audio content uh, boom is happening in our country uh are there any genres that you've identified and i'm not talking about in terms of uh, regional content but what kinds of format have worked whether is it particularly thriller uh, motivation uh, religion i i'm not sure what has worked according to you so i think uh, you kind of identified some of those uh, some of the genres that have been working for us are of course crime and thriller uh, but also motivation self help is working really well a wellness related stuff then things where people can learn something new so knowledge see uh, audio is a much more immersive medium than um, video 
True. So when people are listening to it, they are much more focused. So at that point in time, they want to kind of consume content which will help them know something better, deeper, or consume it more deeply. So like, I mean, a lot of listeners also listen to, let's say, sleep sounds or ASMR just to relax. Right. So, so, so audio can be used at multiple, multiple uh, times during the day or at different uh, use situations. You know, pre-COVID, one of the things that often was spoke about is, is that podcasting can be a travel companion, right? right. Once pandemic hit, travel got shut, people were working from home, no commute happening. Uh, how has the behavior of podcasting changed in terms of the audience listenership? So commute stopped, but uh, home chores increased. In terms of uh, listening, I don't think things have changed. I think listening has grown. Uh, but the listening occasions have uh, changed during the pandemic. Like, like what do you and mean I'm, by that? Is it morning? Is it so, night? So, is it like bite-sized content? What do you mean by that? So it's definitely at night. But also, as I said, uh, while you're doing home chores, so for example, uh, because we believe that uh, one of the things that we say about podcasting is that you listen to them when the Hands are busy, but the mind is free, which means that you're listening to a podcast while, uh, let's say, you're cooking in the morning or you're chopping vegetables or when you're working out or you've gone for a walk or at night when you don't want to stare at a screen, you just sit back and put on something and listen to it. So these are several different uh, time time usage occasions, I think that's a better word, usage occasions during the day when you can listen to podcasts. I think you've just briefly touched upon it. I want to sort of crystallize that a little bit better. When you talk about the kind of podcasts that work well, what are some key characteristics, uh, threads, uh, you know, attributes that you've identified uh, about successful podcasts? Now, it could be fiction, nonfiction, but there might be some key tenets that you might have observed in terms of what makes a podcast successful. So, uh, I think if you look at data over a large period or a large market, you would see that there is no one standout podcast which has done dramatically well and the rest have not done well. You will see that listenership is quite evenly distributed over the top, let's say, 20, 50 shows in a particular market. That is, and the primary reason is that podcasts give you, uh, you you can create podcasts across a whole range of topics. And the beauty of this uh, medium is that you can actually go and find the topic that you're most interested in and listen to it. So I think that is one big thing, which is why it's very hard to kind of say that, look, only this kind of genre works and this doesn't work. Having said that, I think what is, let's say, uh, in the interview formats, I think what works really well is when, as I said, when the listener takes something out of the conversation, they find some meaning, they find something that they can apply to their life or learn from it or look forward to it. I think that's one big thing that is very important in the kind of content that gets done.
so also in on the fiction side i think what 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 is important is that people come to listen to what happened at the end of the story or how it happened if the story is familiar so if you are able to give either one of these two things in the fiction story then people will stay and stay and listen to it till the end what do you think dravak about uh, frequency of releasing a certain episode you know twice a month thrice a month four times every week uh, more than that is there a certain frequency maybe length of an episode so let's say an interview format uh, a non fiction episode a frequency length what has worked for you whatever what have your observations been so in terms of frequency we recommend people to upload an episode once a week at least uh if you do it less frequently then uh, uh consumers kind of forget to come back to your your show so once a week is important um there are other shows which you can do daily as well and that that are really habit forming i think some of the new shows have been able to do that really well mm-hmm. where every day they drop an episode and people actually come and listen wait for that episode to drop uh in terms of uh, duration i think f- between 15 to 30 minutes is uh, the sweet spot that we've seen but having said that uh we have seen 5 minute shows also do really well and now increasingly we are seeing 2 to 3 hour long episodes also come and people are actually list- going through that so i mean great times for the industry people are pre- presenting a wide variety of shows and the audience is consuming that from what you're telling me it's about building the habit around a certain idea a certain podcast uh, and the more frequent that is and in the way you mentioned is once a week that's when people come back to you and and remember you to tune in is that right that's correct habit forming is important and while you're doing it as a creator you should keep looking at the data and see where let's say your listeners are dropping off where uh, so that will help you moderate the length or uh, length of your episode uh, in some episodes you may have you may see huge amount of listenership whereas on others you don't see much so try and evaluate reasons for that is it because how you promoted it was it because of the popularity of the guest or was it some other reason so i think looking at data is very important for you to learn and keep refining your show so you mentioned about you know data and do you think we have adequate data measurement tools uh, that can be drawn out from a podcast or we are still in that phase that we've not really hit that sweet spot so for example when you talk about radio when we talk about television uh a digital platform so there is there is adequate uh, effectiveness in terms of measuring data but around podcasts uh, what have your observations been so for podcasts uh, the analytics available a lot of tools give you lot lot of analytics like i know anchor gives you a huge amount of analytics so that's a great starting point for any creator to start from and when 
you are talking about the the style of maybe coming back to a certain podcast or any idea uh, is it around always the person so when you mentioned that creators you were trying to draw one of the roles is about connecting people to the ecosystem of spotify and then uh, drawing them in the video creators so not all video creators are creating weekly content right so there are some guys who produce maybe once a month but runs into millions of views on youtube uh and they are not regularly posting content but the kind of format maybe daily vlogging would allow and i'm talking about the video content it's probably the format allows you and it's definitely habit forming so a musician will not be able to produce content every week is that right uh but but maybe a different format might be able to do like a storytelling format would be possible uh is habit only what we are looking at in terms of changing and getting people tuned in so habit is not the only thing but it is important uh ultimately the content needs to be superb right and as you referred in your question it is the different kinds of content format would lend lend itself to a different frequency or different length of episode so let me give you an example uh, you mentioned some video creators who just do let's say one show in a month or something so that would be like a limited uh, part let's say six episode or 10 episode series that you do let's say uh, once in three months but the storytelling is superb stellar and everyone will come and listen to it um on the other side let's say take an example of uh, let's say somebody is doing daily diaries as their podcast so you will upload let's say 5 10 minute segment every day it might be just like your personal thoughts or just uh, how you spent your day or kind of just some observations on relationships etc uh, so yeah it just depends on the kind of uh, for content format genre that you picked uh, and that uh, that drives uh, the frequency and length of episode when it comes to dhruvank monetization of a podcast uh, everyone is creating content right now and uh, is in the phase where you know the more content we pump out uh, people will come in and hopefully a brand might be interested to come in and sponsor your podcast is that the only revenue model that you've observed at spotify so hardik let me take you back about 10 to 15 years when the entire digital business is started at that time the focus of the publishers and people who had created websites uh, and at that time that it was websites for the primary thing for digital their objective was to drive traffic if you remember the dot com boom of late 90s early 2000 it was focus the stock market valuations of the companies were driven by traffic and of course that didn't last but the thing was that when an industry opens up or it's emerging first you want to test whether it is able to attract and retain customers consumers listeners once you are able to establish that then monetization will follow and you see that the same examples if you look at indian e-commerce in the initial years they just focused on consumers doing transactions on e-commerce profitability came later if you look at social media social media first focused on growing uh, traffic growing usage 
then monetization followed. I think it's the same thing that is happening here as well. Uh, we are in the phase where we are growing listenership and growing listeners and monetization will follow. That's a very interesting perspective when uh, you've given the context there. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So do you think there is like uh, maybe a certain number of years when it hits a sweet spot and adoption becomes of podcasts like more mainstream? Do you sense when or a certain period maybe? Okay. That kind of data is extremely hard to predict. What happens in reality is that monetization starts in parallel uh, and uh, traffic keeps growing. And then at one point in time, you hit an inflection and then things start going, start growing rapidly. Um, I think uh, that's going to happen uh, in the podcast space as well. Uh, there are different kinds of monetization available anyways. So it is uh, impressions-based advertising, branded content. Uh, there will be subscription. Spotify has already announced a subscription podcast format. And a whole host of other things. So, so yeah, I think uh, the beauty of digital business is that uh, they evolve over time and with technology and kind of bring consumers in and formulate different kinds of business models. That's certainly interesting. I want to like pull you back to the time when you started off uh, in the role of an entrepreneur uh, in the adaptation company and uh, talking about interesting things. That was an area that I'm still trying to understand. What is it that you were trying to achieve with uh, the company? So it was about storytelling at the heart. So, uh, so at that point in time, I had spent several years in the television industry. I knew I had seen the film industry closely. And uh, you would always kind of hear things like, look, why, why don't we get a great story to produce? Or it's so hard to find a good story to take to our uh, viewers or our audience. And on the other side, if you looked, India was producing, releasing about 50,000 new books every year, which means at least 50,000 new stories were being put out for, uh, for the audience. And these stories were across different languages, cultures, sensibilities. So there was no dearth of stories. What was missing at that point was a bridge between the publishing world and the film and TV world. So the adaptation company was, was to be that bridge to kind of identify and spot those stories out there and bring them to the film and TV world. So was there, I mean, like a product market fit a challenge uh, to bring and maybe sustain it over the longer year? Or why did it stop then? It sounds an interesting idea. Uh, I'm sure you must have had some runway there. So we were a little bit early to the party. So the market inside was spot on and we did a lot of work on the ground. We closed a few deals, uh, but it was just uh, closing deals was taking longer and cash flow realization was a, an extended uh, exercise. Uh, so to run the business solely on selling adaptations or doing adaptations was was proving hard at that point in time, um, which is why I thought that, look, maybe let's move on and do other things. But if you look at the market just three years back and with the rise of video OTT platforms, 
the demand for books and demand for adaptation of books has gone through the roof. I mean, the number of deals that are happening now is phenomenal. So, so that insight was always there and that insight has now been put into practice in the industry. It is just that sometimes we are just too early to the party and kind of that still doesn't work. So do you think those learnings as an entrepreneur, you've been able to carry in your role at Spotify or maybe subsequent roles uh, prior to that after adaptation company happened? So absolutely. See, what what I did at that point in time was go, go into stories very deeply, try to understand the structure, try to understand what why does this work as a book and why it may or may not work as a film. If it has to work as a film, how should it be kind of uh, reduced or what part of the story would need to be told? So if you look at, so if you look at a film, it's like a one, it's a, like a two hour structure where you have to tell, do you have to do a beginning, middle and end. With OTT and a 10 episode uh, structure, you have much more leeway to tell the story. And which is a one big reason why books are getting adapted much faster. Because a book gives you a huge breadth of uh, the storyline and the plot. And it gives you time to build characters, which you can do on OTT shows. But it was very hard to do on film. Which is why it was, there was like, uh, the fit was not happening. Because you needed writers who can take the plot and the core plot from the book and convert it into a film. Doing it right away was much harder. Do you also think that the freedom that you get on OTT and you mentioned in terms of films is also to do with regulation as well of a certain kind of medium? No, I don't think it's got anything to do with regulation. Um, uh, I think uh, what OTT does is that it does not impose boundaries. Like you can have a show with six episodes. The episode can be like 20 minutes length or uh, one hour length. So that gives you the freedom for you to tell the story the way you want it. But the kind of content that would work, let's say on an OTT, do you think that would work uh, on a mainstream, uh, you know, like in a a theater maybe? Do you think that would be like a concise version in a theater? The topic that would be raised on an OTT, the way the consumer would be glued to a certain kind of story, the same audience might go to a theater and watch that as well. See, there are different uh, usage situations. The big thing about uh, watching a film in the theater is that it is appointment viewing. The film is playing only during a certain time period and it is playing playing at fixed starts. So you have to kind of inform the viewer that, look, my film is on this theater at this time. Come, make time from your busy schedule. Come buy the ticket Mm. and watch my movie. Very so valid. for a film marketeer, those are really hard things to kind of accomplish, which is why you see that uh, about uh, six to eight weeks before a film release, the producers go into a huge marketing burst because they want to make sure that the audience knows that the film is coming and they want to draw the audience into the movie theaters. That is not the case mm. for OTT. OTT is on demand. So even if you miss a show, let's say on its release, you can catch it a month later or maybe a year later. It'll still be there. 
Hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. I think it's about the the usage of the behavior. That's what uh, OTT helps you understand more closely compared to a film. Uh, when I translate that to a podcast, uh, the idea that someone would come to a podcast at their free will uh, also would again be uh, the choice of the user. Uh, because so, for example, let's say when when I talk about a certain creator, when I follow on YouTube, right? I could follow one kind of topic, but many number of creators in that in that genre. Do you think that similar behavior will translate uh, in terms of listening at free will multiple creators of a certain genre on podcast too, or will it be like one kind of creator will take maximum portion of listening trend? If you understand how consumers watch YouTube and YouTube videos. that is a similar behavior that we are seeing on podcasting as well if you take each episode or each show as a youtube channel then you just search for let's say crime and you will get a whole bunch of podcasts related to that and you will follow them like how you subscribe to a youtube channel and when mm-hmm. every a new episode drops you will get notified for for it and you will go and listen to that episode and these are some of the things that uh, that we are seeing in in the market as well so yeah i mean you will follow your interests and uh, on the app with the user interfaces that we have today it's much easier to follow a whole bunch of uh, similar interests uh, that or whole bunch of shows that are of interest to you so are there any like particular kind of shows that you enjoy uh, any genres that you indulge yourself in anything that really particularly catches your interest that why would this you know maybe circle back to again and again while you obviously i'm talking aside i'm talking about the individual in you and not the uh, the, the the business person in you who's representing spotify so i would listen to stuff that gives me deep insights into a certain topic mm interesting right. um and uh, i typically walk every day for about an hour or 15 minutes so i can finish one episode during that time so these were so i would look at uh, podcast which give me deep insights into a particular topic so in in terms of the role that you're doing currently and the history that you've had in the space what is it that drives you right now I think one of the biggest uh, motivators not one okay let me name several one thing is that podcasting is very early stages of growth and i have always found it really thrilling to launch and grow a business from the start so i think that's a really that's one really very exciting thing for me uh, second is the ability to tell stories and the uh, ability to tell stories across different formats different uh, mediums uh, different languages so i think that is also very exciting right so i think that is at in podcasting i think that's a very uh, beautiful mix that has come about so that's why it's very interesting for me and in the overall scheme of things what has success meant for you i have never understood success and i don't think uh, at least from my point of view i don't think there is anything like success um as one progresses in one's career there are different things that matter to you at that point in time like there would be a point when you want to earn a lot of money maybe later you want to kind of get promoted really quickly 
maybe at a different time you may want to have more time with family with your kids so mm. there are different different objectives that uh, are make a lot of uh, that are important to you at different points in your career so long as you are able to balance that and kind of optimize for that objective you are at a good place if you are not able to then of course there is disharmony and then you you try and figure how to kind of get back to that so i think that's what a career is about so yeah i don't uh, i don't look at success that way i look at success very differently and in your in your period of interacting with so many people across various verticals and organizations what have you really learnt about people you have to be nice try and maintain relationships because relationships with people will go much much beyond your current role and always always realize that if you are on this side of the table today you may be on the other side of the table tomorrow so always treat people nicely and always maintain relationships i think today i am kind of reaching out to people who i know from the last 20 years so relationships have been your key strength uh or maybe rather have observed very carefully across the years yes lovely on that note dhruvank thank you so much for your time it's been such an enriching conversation hearing your perspectives and i hope we've been able to touch on multiple areas that our listeners will be able to take value out of super hardik thanks a lot it was lovely to be on your podcast and all the best to you if you enjoyed this episode of jamsters make sure you subscribe on eplog media website or your favorite podcast streaming apps such as apple podcasts jio savan gana spotify and more Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, do rate and review Jamsters as it helps other people to discover this podcast. And for suggestions, feedback or ideas for me, follow me on Instagram @hardikbvaidya or on Facebook @hardikvaidya.